Tell someone when change happens, life is altered. At our just concluded camp meeting, Pastor Corey uh, began to speak on change. He, he began to talk about how we've heard a lot about change in regards to revival. That revival is not just a touch, but revival is a change. Can someone say amen? amen? That in 2020, we will come into amazing change in every area of our lives. But to see change, we also must understand that we've got to make decisions. And decisions are costly. Especially when they are major decisions. <clears throat> One decision can alter the whole course of your life. I hope you understand that. This is very important and on a daily basis, you will have the opportunity to make decisions. And there are going to be great major decisions and there are going to be minor decisions. But it's important that you understand that there are decisions that can alter your life for the next 30 years. Can someone say amen? So as we speak on this change as it happens and how our lives will be altered, I want us to see this text here in the book of Ruth and chapter 1. Go with me to the book of Ruth, chapter 1. Ruth and chapter 1. If you have found it, say Amen. It says from verse 1, in the days when the judges ruled. There was a famine in the land and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Now, I want you to listen carefully as I read or you can even look in your Bible because this verse is are self-explanatory. Listen carefully because it just explains itself. But there are some things I want to show you that will really bless you. I want to read again from verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife. And his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. And the name of his wife Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech. The husband of Naomi died, and she was left with her two sons. These sons took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her 
two sons and her husband. When change happens, life is altered. If you notice, it says in verse 1 that there was a famine in the land. And even as they just concluded ECM, I was talking about Genesis 26. When the Bible says I was famine in the days of Isaac. That was different from the famine in the days of Abraham. And I was able to establish. And I want to establish again today. That there's always going to be trouble. There's always going to be trouble. When you study the history of men. You will discover that there has always been trouble. You may not be going through famine. But the guy next door might be going through one. Your nation may not be going through drought but the nation next to you on the other side of the world might be going through a drought somebody somewhere is going through something so there is famine and there's always going to be famine there is drought and there's always going to be drought economic crisis whether it's nationally or globally can someone say amen so if it's not happening to you, does not mean it's not happening to someone else. It's important we understand this. Because somebody, somewhere, is going through something. Some nation is going through something. Your business may be doing well, but the next door neighbor may not be doing well. So somebody, somewhere, is going through something. So when he says here that there was... Famine, it's important we understand that these things will continue to happen. Problems would never cease. The only time we will come into the place of perfect, and when I say we, I'm talking about the world at large, will come into the place of complete perfection is when Jesus comes back. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm talking about the world at large. It's when Jesus comes back. All this thing about peace that people talk about. We are the world. Let's hold our hands and sing Kumbaya. None of these will ever be fully achieved. The only time peace will be fully achieved and perfection will be fully achieved in the earth. It's when Jesus sets his throne up in Jerusalem and he rules for a thousand years in the millennial reign. And I thought someone would say amen. But before then, there's going to be trouble, there's going to be problems, there's going to be famine, there's going to be drought, there's going to be economic crisis. It happens, and it will continue to happen. It's not going to get better, really, if you think about it in the world, it's going to get worse. Listen carefully, we've got to understand, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. But for the church, it's going to get glorious. That amen needs prayer. <laughs> for the church, for the believer, it's going to get glorious. It's going to get better. Arise and shine for your light has come. For darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness shall cover the people. But upon the...
the believer, upon the one that serves and loves God, upon the one that follows the leading and the dictates of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God shall lead you. The glory of God shall guide you. The glory of God shall be your rear guard. Everywhere you go, you go with the glory of God. And you are going to be the light in the midst of darkness. I don't care how dark it's going to be. The church will shine. Can someone say amen? amen? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Can someone say amen? amen. In 2007, 2008, we began to hear of the global economic meltdown. How many of you heard about this? You heard about this, right? It was a global thing. But it's important to understand that as much as people lost their billions and people lost their estate and people lost everything that they have worked for, it's important to understand that none of the money that was lost evaporated. The money that was lost by this guy moved to the next guy. Did you get what I just said? So, so we must understand that positioning ourselves by making right decisions, even as we come into this new year, it's going to be very vital. It will be vital. It will be very vital to position yourself by making godly decisions. Godly decisions. This is going to put you over. This is going to set you apart. This is going to put you in a place of great opportunity because opportunities shall come. Praise God. So we also see in the story, as much as we look at the famine that happened, we also see that the enemy will present things to you in the natural and he wants you to look at things from the natural standpoint. The enemy understands that if a believer drops his spiritual edge and begins to operate in the natural, that believer will be whipped all the time by the devil. The devil knows that. So he's going to get people to look at things from the natural. It's going to get people to turn their eyes away from the realm of the Spirit. Instead of operating in the realm of the Spirit and by the Holy Spirit, the enemy will tempt them to operate in the natural. Because the enemy wants you to make decisions based on what you see. And if you do, you're going to miss God. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? If you do, you're going to miss God. You may... Even be in the harshest, hardest economy. But it still doesn't stop God. It still doesn't stop God. But what the devil wants you to do is to look at things from the natural standpoint. Because he knows that he's going to whip you every time you do. Because in the natural, you are no match to him. But if you would walk in the spirit... The enemy will never be able to catch you. You're always going to be one step ahead of the devil. Can someone say amen? amen. 
We see right here that this man, Elimelech, made a decision because of the present circumstance. The man in his, in his bid to help his family come out of this economic crisis made a decision that ultimately ruined his life and ruined his home and ruined his whole destiny. He looked out there and he looked into the nation and he said to his wife and his sons, we are moving out of Bethlehem. You know the word Bethlehem, you know what it means? Huh? House of bread. Now house of bread has no bread. There is famine in the house of bread. But don't understand, don't forget, I'm sorry, that that is a prophetic language. And it's only working for those that understand that this is a prophetic language. And if I will operate in the realm of the prophetic, in the realm of the spirit, even though in the natural it looks like everybody is failing, it is possible that I succeed in the midst of where people are failing. Because I don't see like they see. I see like God sees. And if I can see the way God sees, nothing natural can limit me. So the man looked at, what's up with this? Take that. The man looked at things from this natural standpoint. And Elimelech said to his wife and said, let's move to Moab. I, if you do a study of the nation Moab, you discover that they were a very superstitious devil-worshipping nation. The grass is not greener where the devil rules. The grass is not greener where the devil leads. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is green where God tells you to stay. Amen. Can someone shout amen? amen? You see, the man said, I I'm going to move to Moab with my family. And he did. I believe with all my heart, he never consulted with God. And that is one very important thing when it comes to making major decisions. You've got to consult with God. What is the mind of God about this? Because the decisions you make will determine the outcome of your life. So they move into Moab. And the Bible tells us that Elimelech died. What you are running from, you run into. He was afraid to die, but he ran into death. Divine protection is in the center of the will of God. Don't come up with your own plan. Don't conjure up your own plan. Because your plan will always lead you out of the plan and the purpose of God. There is a way that seems right to men. But the end is death. Elimelech goes into this country. The Bible does not give us the details what led to his death. But he died. The Bible tells us that in a space of 10 years... His sons also died. Is somebody listening to me? 
the decisions that you will make will affect your life. I don't have time to talk about different types of decisions. We don't have all the time, but you will be faced with decisions. And some of the decisions you're going to make are going to be big ones. Do you even know that you made a decision to be here this morning? Huh? I'm sure you didn't wake up and see yourself on the seat today. You didn't wake up this morning and suddenly you are here sitting. No, you woke up this morning. You made a decision that you're going to come to church. You got in the shower. You, you dressed up and here you are. But there are those that did not make the decision to be here today. But you did. You did. And there are small decisions like what you're going to eat. When you leave here today, you're going to make the decision of the food you will eat today. My wife will ask me literally every day, what do you want to eat? And sometimes I don't know what I want to eat. But you will make decision when it comes. Are you going to eat fufu today? After the service. Are you going to eat rice? Are you going to eat soup? Uh, what, are you, what are you going to eat? What am I going to buy? Where am I going to travel to uh, in, in the summer on vacation? These are decisions. Correct? But, but, but what am I going to wear to church? These are decisions. But these, but these are simple decisions. They, they, they don't have, if they have any consequence, they don't have any major consequence. Come on, wake up and look at me. I'm telling I'm, you, listen, what I'm telling you is going to save your life. I'm telling you right now, this is going to save your life. This is going to save your life because a lot of times, you know, we, we get a prophetic word given to us, but we don't do warfare with them. The fact that God spoke does not mean you will enjoy what God has said. You will have to make decisions that will bring you into the fullness of what God has prophesied over your life. Amen. It's not just up to God, it's up to you. My future is in his hands. Can I also tell you, your future is in your hands. Your future is in the decisions that you will make. Because God is not going to force anybody to do his will. You will have to make a decision. And in actual fact, many decisions. And some will push your, your life 20 years forward. And some might cause you to retrogress 20 years backwards. One decision can change everything. One decision can alter everything. You've been building and you've been doing all you know to do. And suddenly you make one stupid major decision. And before you know it, the higher you've gone, the deeper you fall. So you're going to make major decisions. Well, you know, the decision of who to marry is not the same as what to wear to church. Come on now, say amen. amen. You know what I mean. And I've said it many times, and I say it again. 
Who you marry, and I'm going to add this, who you marry can, can, can propel your life forward. Propel your life. The Bible says, the Bible says, he that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtain that favor from God. So, but that's when you find a wife. When you find a wife. No. Not when you find a girlfriend. It's when you find a wife. And some are wives. And some are not. Also, let me say it the other way. Some are husbands and some are not. So, don't just shout amen, guys. Because you shout amen when I said he that find out a wife. But you've got to also understand that you also need to be a man. You have to be a man. You have to be a, a, a good man. You have to be a godly man. You have to be a gentleman. You have to be a great man. You have to be an example of a man. You have to be the pastor of your family. Not just amen, he that finds a good wife. He that also finds, she that also finds a good husband. Come on now, shout amen. amen. The church is split in two now. <laughs> Women on one side, men on the other. But I need to speak to both. Both. Because this is not resting on one alone. It's resting on both. My God, some of you guys, man, I, I just say generally, you want, a, you want a wife, but the way you dress looks like... You don't even dress, you dress like, you don't even carry yourself with respect. You, you need to put, listen, I'm going to give you some wisdom now. Look good. <laughs> oh, yes. Look good, smell good. Look good, smell good, carry yourself with respect and honor. Amen. Amen. Don't be playing around with all the girls. No. Carry yourself with honor and respect. And when you, have, when you meet the right one, you talk to her, she will ac accept. Say amen. Because, no, a lot of times it's all about girls do this, girls do that. Women, do. no, no, guys need to do something about themselves. I'm preaching now. Fresh breath coming out of your mouth. When you lift your hands and say, Hallelujah. Amen. Wear clean shoes. <laughs> Some people want to marry Miss Universe, but they, they look like... Everyone's a major decision. You're going to make some this, this next year. 
You will. Who, who you do business with. That's not a minor decision. That's a major one. Who you get into partnership with. That's a major decision. Can someone say amen? amen. Be not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. And let me go back to relationships. No missionary dating now. If you know what I mean by missionary dating. I will convert her later. I know they are not born again, but let me, I'll work on them. I'll convert, I'll convert him later. Are you the Holy Ghost? Yeah. <laughs> are you the Holy, I will come. No, people, people, people talk. Sometimes you hear people talk with such, such disregard, total disregard, total nonsense. I will convert him. Who are you? Are you the Holy Ghost? <laughs> to convert. You can't convert nobody. I'll bring them to church little by little in one day. And when you've made, when you've made great decisions, guess what's going to happen? Great results. Guess what's going to happen? Peace on every side. Guess what's going to happen? Blessing on every side. Because when God orders for something, he pays for it. God will never tell you to go to a country and leave you in abject poverty. I don't care how bad, how hard, how terrible the economy of that country is. If God has sent you there, God will take care of you there. God, God will take care of what he orders for. If he told you to do it, he'll take care of it. Jesus called the disciples together and he asked them this question. He said, when I sent you out, Without bag, without purse, without money, without food. Did you lack anything? <laughs> they said, no, we lack nothing. You know what? Because when he sends, he will make sure you meet provision on the way. He will, he will line up everything in your path. But you've got to learn to walk in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Walking in the way of the Lord and walking in the will of God. As you walk in the path of God. There will not be a day of lack. Amen. There will not be a day of regret. Amen. There will not be a day of depression. Amen. The hand of God will be on you and provide for you. I'm not saying challenges will not come. But even when they come, you will learn from them. And you will discover when you come out from the valley of the shadow of death. You will discover that you've learned so much. And your life is at a whole new place. Can someone shout amen? amen. Praise God. <clears throat> but if you made bad decisions, major one, like I talked about who you marry, and then I talk, we're going to talk, talk about where you live. Don't just get on a plane and fly. Don't just get on a plane and, <laughs> and fly. I mean, we just prayed for Jennifer. We've, be, we've been talking. She, she did not just wake up one day and bought a ticket. Pastor Corey is in the loop. We've talked about this for about a year now. Just talking and planning and talking and planning. Don't just, because it's a major decision. You can't just get on a plane and take off. And, and, and write me later. I am in 
and expect me to shout praise the Lord for you. I'm not going to shout praise the Lord for you. Because some people think I'm stepping into a better place. But they fail to understand they're stepping out of the will of God. Elimelech thought to himself, I'm stepping into Moab. At least I'll take care of my wife and my children. But what happened? He died. His sons died. And before his sons died, they had, they had, excuse me, they had married Opa and, and Ruth. They were married. Now, this mom, Naomi, is bereaved. No husband. No sons. She's in a desperate situation right now. Are you hearing me? So what you were running away from, you run into. I pray that that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. What you are running away from, you run into. You're running away from starvation that will eventually lead to death. But if only you knew that with God, your environment does not matter. Let me preach that next week then, if you're not excited. With God, your environment does not matter. God is not limited. And if God is not limited, the one who walks in faith and walks in obedience to the will of God is not limited. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can limit you. Nothing can hinder you because nothing can stop, limit, or hinder God. Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. He goes before you. He makes the crooked places straight. He breaks in pieces. The gates of bronze. He cuts in sunder. The bars of iron. Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone say he makes the crooked places plain. He causes you to work in his plan and his purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The grass is greener. On the other side mentality has led many into a life of trouble and, and confusion. I think it was last year when I went to Paris and I met with so many people who have come through this church. And some said to me, Pastor Godwell, once I get my papers, I'm coming back. Back to where? You ran away from here? Yeah, I'm coming back. It was better there. One other brother said, you know, uh, they don't speak English here. Or they don't speak French. And, uh, and they, they don't, uh, there's no paper. So I, I, I'm going to Paris. Eight years after living here, about eight years, I see him last year. He still doesn't have papers here. And his life is now more complicated Don't, don't let the devil lie to you and, and get you to see and look at the natural. And let me just tell you this once and for all. No, in the natural, nowhere in the world is easy. Come to, come to terms with it. My Bible tells me that it is the gift of a man 
that would make room for him and bring him before great men. Not the location of a man, but the gift of a man. Come on, say amen. amen. Do, do you know that your success does not depend on your geographical location? Oh, yeah, I can factor that in. But I need you to know that before geographical location comes in, the will of God comes first. Because God can bless you in a cursed city. God can bless you in a cursed city. There is hope in a cursed city. I'm reminded of the blind man who was sitting by the wayside. This blind man, blind man was shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Do you know where he was sitting? In Jericho. Take you back to the Old Testament. Joshua goes into Jericho, destroys Jericho, and puts a curse on the land. Cursed is the man that builds the walls of Jericho. And he shall lay the foundation with the blood of his first son. And he shall build up the gates with the blood of his last son. Puts a curse on Jericho. Bible tells me in the New Testament, Jesus was coming through Jericho. That was where Bartimaeus shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The man was healed in a place that was cursed. Yeah. There is hope in a cursed city. Come on, people. Yeah. There is hope in a place... It seems it is a cursed land. It seems it's a cursed place. But you are a carrier of the blessing of God. If you carry the blessing of God, no curse in the land can affect you. Because light and darkness cannot cohabit. You are the carrier of the blessing of God. The curse cannot overpower the blessing. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. There's hope in a cursed city. So don't, don't be in a hurry. Oh, I'm, I'm going to move. Life is hard. Life is tough. That is what Elimelech said to himself. I'm moving now. Okay. You move and in 10 years you lost everything. What a sad story. Because of one major decision. Is this helping anybody? Now watch verse 6. It's okay if we keep reading. Look at verse 6. Ruth chapter 1. <laughs> this thing is about to turn around. The man has made a bad decision. But somebody out of the consequence of his decision is going to come a miracle. Amen. <laughs> you didn't hear me. Out of this bad choice is going to come something good. I said, out of this bad choice is coming something good. I don't know the decisions that your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your great-great-great-grandfather has made. But I'm here to tell you, you are going to turn everything around as you yield to the plan and the purpose of God. That what has never happened in your family, what has never happened in the history of your family is going to come to be, is going to come to pass, is going to come to fruition through your own life. Verse 6, it says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law. 
Naomi, to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Lord has visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Basically, Naomi said, I'm going back. And the two daughters-in-law said, we're going back with you, Orpah and Ruth. And Ruth. But in verse 8, he said, but Naomi said to her daughter, her two daughters-in-law, go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. So basically, she is declaring over them that it is possible to marry again. Then she kissed them. And they lifted up their voices and they wept. And they said to her, no. We will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back. My daughters, why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Is somebody listening to this? Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Watch this now. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her decision alters lives Opa kissed her and left and went back Ruth said no I'll go with you she's about to turn the tide she's about to change everything she's about to introduce positivity She's about to introduce something that they've not seen for probably the last 10 plus years. She's about to introduce something new into this family. But it must come at a price. She's going to forgo and leave behind everything that she has ever known. She's stepping into a new territory. If you want to make major decisions, most times you have to let go of what you know. To step into something you've never known. The unknown sometimes can be threatening. But if you will step into the unknown in faith, you will come into what many can never come into. If you're willing to do what others are not willing to do, you're going to get what others cannot get. My God. <clears throat> she clung to her. Opa said, I'm sorry, I need to go back. And that is what you see sometimes. People make decisions and they get there and when the going gets tough, they pull back. But for those who are going to see amazing things happen, when the going gets tough, they get tougher. <laughs> hey, hallelujah. I said when the going gets tough, 
they get tougher. When the going gets crazy, they get crazier. When the going gets wild, they get wilder. They will not take no for an answer. It don't matter what the devil throws at them. It don't matter how hard and how terrible it seems. When the going gets tough, they say, no, I'm going to get tougher. It is time for somebody in the house to get tougher. It doesn't matter what's going on around you, what's happening against you. It's time to get tougher. Because I can guarantee you, if you get tougher, the devil will give way. If you get tougher and you say, I'm not going to give up, the devil will give up. If only you can be patient for one more day. Something is about to break open. Something is about to happen. If you can only be patient for one more month, something is about to break loose in your life. If only you can be patient for two more months, something is about to happen. Yes, it seems as if all hell is breaking loose against you and there are no hope and there is no possibility. But we serve a God of possibilities for those that will not pull back in fear and that will not draw back in unbelief. They shall push forward and they shall break through. Praise God. Ruth clung to her. And watch this verse 15. And she said, see, your your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. She's gone back to idol worship. She's gone back to her people who who who, who are steep in superstition. Go back. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, I will also be buried. My, 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 my. May the Lord do so to me and more also. This is Ruth speaking. If anything but death parts me from you. Everyone shout out loyalty. Come on, everyone say loyalty. loyalty. There's a big difference between faithfulness and loyalty. Some people are faithful. But they are not loyal. When you are loyal, you cross over to the place where the only thing that separates you from your husband or your wife is death. It's not, it's, not, it's not good enough to be a faithful husband. It's not good enough to be a faithful wife. It's not good enough to be a faithful brother, faithful church member. It's time to take it one step forward to be loyal to your spouse, to be loyal to your family. To be loyal to your church. To be loyal to those. And that, that's what we've seen for 20 years. Many have been raised up by this great man of God, Apostle Corey. But many stabbed him in the back. They were not loyal. For they were faithful for three years. Faithful for four years. But before you knew it, they began to have come up with their own ideas and their own plans. And nobody's saying you can't come up with your own idea as long as it is God speaking to you. And you do it the right way. But you see a man who is loyal. You see a woman who is loyal. He will carry the anointing of God. He will carry the favor of God. He will carry the blessing of God upon his life. Can someone shout praise God? 
didn't tell me to go back. I'm not going back. I'm going with you. Your God is going to be my God. I don't know him, but I'm going to know him. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me to Matthew chapter 1. Book of Matthew. I'm going to finish <coughs> with this. Decisions will alter lives and destinies. Have you seen Matthew 1? Look at verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This is where people skip, you know. When you start reading genealogy, and Abraham gave birth to this and gave birth to this. People skip these places, but there is, there is a big message to be learned. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Phares and Zara of Tamar. And Phares begat Esron. And Esron begat Aram. And Ram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashan, and Nashan, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Now, don't even get me started on Rahab now. The woman who was once a harlot. But she made a decision. Are you listening to me? It doesn't matter how messed up you've been. If you decide to follow him, he will change it. So Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. So Boaz was the son of Rahab. Rahab was a harlot. The lady who saved and helped the spies that Joshua sent. You remember the story, right? To Jericho. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. <laughs> so this Boaz was born by Rahab. And this Boaz, who was born by a woman who was once a harlot, could understand that it don't matter where you're coming from. If you serve God, he's going to change your life. You know, some people can't marry some people because they are too holy to marry some people. They can't relate to some people because they, they have this sanctimonious attitude. But my brother, my sister, if a man is in Christ, it's a new creature. Judge nobody by the past. Now watch this. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. 
and Jesse, the father of David the king. Here is what I'm trying to show you. Ruth became the great-grandmother of David. <laughs> I said Ruth became the great-grandmom of David the king. So when you study the lineage or genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, this messed up woman was in the genealogy. Are you going to clap for the Lord or you're going to just... <laughs> she made a decision. She said, where you go, I'll go. Where you die, I'll die. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. And where you are buried, they will be buried. Don't tell me to go back. God honored that. Amen. I said, God honored that. Amen. That God so orchestrated this woman's life and put her in the right place because of the honor she gave God. The Bible, God says, I'll honor those that honor me. And those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Just watch how your decision will cause God to orchestrate your life in such a way where there are things, listen to me, the decisions you make will not just affect you. If Jesus tarries, it's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your children's children. Can someone say amen? amen? I believe somebody is going to set off in their lineage and in their family the glory of God. Amen. Positivities. Can someone say amen? It's important that we make right decisions. But praise God for Ruth. That she made the right decision and everything changed. Can someone say amen? amen? The first decision that needs to be made is the decision to follow Christ. As you can hear what the woman said, Ruth said, your God will be my God. That needs to be said by some people here today. If you haven't said it, God will be my God. And watch how God will take your life and just work on it and turn it around and bring you to the right connection. Boaz was a very wealthy man. Ruth had been married. Boaz could say, no, she's been married, I'm going to marry her. But no. He said, I'll marry her. I'll take care of her. I'll be a husband to her. Why? Because she made the right decision. The decision is going to produce an outcome. 